Hey, 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 welcome, welcome. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. I'm Steve Maraboli here with the great Ray Longo. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, thanks everybody for your feedback. We got so much feedback on social media. Enter our website, mmaandbeyond.com. We try to get to as many questions as we can. If you have something to say, some input, a direction, maybe even someone you would want us to have on the show, feel free to ask, feel free to share. And please, please, grassroots, baby. If you like the show, chances are somebody you know like will like the show as well. Please share, share on social media. And if you need any help uh, sharing or, or getting some of the show content out there, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at mmaandbeyond.com. Ray Longo, what's up, brother? Hey, Steve. Great to be here. The goal for tonight is to try to make it through the whole show without getting up to go to the bathroom. I I, I strongly think you're going to fail, sir, but but I'm well, cheering the, you on. You're, you're the expert, and I think you just did a Jedi mind trick. I think I have to go to the bathroom right now. Already. Whatever you do, don't think of waterfalls. Whatever you do, don't think of waterfalls. So we had some fights last night, brother. Hey, wait, before the fights, congrats on the PayPal gig. Keynote speaker. Oh, thanks, man. I think man. that's awesome, man. Really, it's one of the... I, Really say congrats, man. I, I appreciate that. I, I found a I found a way to mix two really nerdy things. Really understanding behavioral science from a young age and understanding business in an academic way. And then in the past twenty years, I've been a part of so many just either small businesses, entrepreneurs starting out with nothing, and and of course some of the biggest corporate success stories. And it just seems to something clicked, man. So I still push on pull doors, but when it comes to business love, and behavior, you, man, I, I just get it, it. So I get these great gigs. So thank you so yeah, much, congrats, man. Congrats, man. Really good stuff, man. I appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. We we had these fights last night. We're talking about about behavioral science and Jedi mind tricks. We have somebody missing weight, and then uh, still knocking uh, knocking the other person out. The 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 underdog misses weight and still knocks out the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some some other fights. We have some somebody going uh, and getting roughed up a little bit, but still coming out with the win. And we have an entire UFC that's scrambling to make big fights and keep people watching, keeping them turned in. I'm not sure what the pay-per-view numbers are uh, from last night, but I highly doubt that they're tremendous. So we're speaking of business behavior, all wrapped in one mm, night of fights. Big stuff. What say you, know. sir, about those fights? I'll tell you what, man. I, uh, I had picked Rockhold to win. I thought uh, if Romero got him in the first or second round, uh, he would win, and I thought Rockhold would ride it out and eventually break him down. But, uh, man, I was wrong. And uh, power to Yoel Romero. He was a last minute, not a last total last minute, but last minute replacement. Uh, man, he got the job done. Uh, he scrambles up that whole division now, which for my guy Chris Weidman, I think is a really good good thing because you, now you don't even have an interim champ because of the weight issue. Uh, so you have Robert Whitaker. I think they already announced that Romero is going to fight Whitaker, and I'm sure what's going to happen is Chris will fight Jacare. And the winner of that fight will get a title shot. So big stuff for us. And uh, crazy fight. Crazy, crazy fight. And uh, I think it's back to the drawing board for Luke Rockhold, man. That was, I think, a really, that's going to be a huge setback. And reading body language, I just, I didn't like the way he looked coming out. In between rounds, he looked white as a ghost. He didn't look like he was really taking anything in. And, uh... Romero was able to get the job done. 
Well, so you, if you, if you were Rockhold's team, what are you advising him right now? Right now. Right now. Today, he, he calls you today after. I'm not sure how it works. He calls you today after last night's loss, or you talk to him today. What are you t- What are you talking to him about? I mean, I'd really have to, you know, sit down and talk to him and figure out what his, what his game plan actually was in that fight. That's the first thing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big guy with switching the camps. And, you know, I, and I, I got to tell you, love Javier Mendez, great dude. Love Henry Hoof. He had two great guys, but a lot of times two great guys don't make a great corner. And, uh, you know, leaving AKA to go to Florida and, you know, I get it. You want to clear your head and you want to maybe stay away from some bad influences. That's the way they kind of made it seem. Uh, I don't know. I, I, that's the first thing I clear up, where you're training, and then just keep it like that and try to, you know. It, it, look, I, I've had guys come to me. There's not a lot you could do with a guy in like a month or two. You know what I mean? It takes time to get a rapport and then to really work on some things you want to see the guy doing. So uh, I, I don't know. That's the first thing I would do is let's let's see where you're going to be training and what were the reasons for leaving and then he had everybody together. I think he tried to do the right thing, but that could have caused some confusion. So there's got to be a – man, everybody's got to be on the same page, like physically, emotionally, everything, you, you know. You mentioned body language. You, you mentioned you didn't like what you saw in body language. When, when, I, was, when I was watching, I instantly thought that his body language, his posture was was one of of apathy. Like he, like didn't even want to be there. But not not in a, a scared or uh oh, you know this guy's uh, stronger than I thought kind of way. But in almost in a, I, I don't enjoy this. I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm not interested in in this anymore. I, I felt like a, an, an apathetic body posture. I could be reading it wrong, but I doubt it. Yeah, you know apathy. I mean, you know he does. He's got a smugness to him, man. I almost think, you know, I, I don't know if he really believes it or he's just trying to sell something like we've had this discussion right. before. And I'm not sure if the uh, the word, I'm not, you would know better than me, but I'm, I'm somehow cognitive dissonance is coming to my mind where, sure. you know, he in his head thought it was going to go one way and then he was led to believe that by whoever was around him. And then when he couldn't get through to the guy, he just really looks like he short-circuited. The other guy had a really strange defense. I don't think, you know, I and I think when he wasn't dominating, he was making some really bad mistakes. I didn't like the way he looked at all. You know, I thought his head was popping up. He did show signs with a really quick jab at times where I thought he should have definitely stayed to the jab. Well, he at towards the end he was just it felt like he was just jabbing him away. <laughs> yeah, well, Almost like well, poking it, a well, stick. It was weird cuz he wasn't really committing to the <laughs> yeah, like his like head was going one way. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't something was going on. There were times he did properly, I thought execute that the jab really nice, but then there were uh, he just wasn't consistent and he he didn't want to commit. He didn't want to, I don't like, again, maybe apathy is the word, but I just think when it didn't go exactly the way he saw it in his head quickly, he ran into a state of confusion. And it was almost a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy where 
I think this guy's eventually going to knock me out. In the second round, when he kind of got him and then backed off, I think that started setting the tone for what was going to eventually happen. So you think he resets? Luke Rockhold resets. Is there is is there a? Well, I don't think he knew how to reset. That was the problem, you know. Because really, when you're when you're in there, you have to have that internal dialogue with yourself, where you're problem solving, you know, right. by the second. You know what I mean? Like, if one thing's not working, you better have Plan B to go back to. And it looked like Romero to me was chilling out. I mean, I, I'm going to say, yeah, Rockhold's the more talented guy by far. I, I thought he was going to win. Right, I, and I thought he was going to win. But the other guy showed, you know, he, he was relaxed, and I think that's what got into his head. When yeah, he, he was composed. Yeah. it's It's almost like sometimes when you're – yeah, he can't fight going backwards at all. And he, you know, I think he's like so narcissistic that when he started getting roughed up a little bit, it just, the, the mindset for that is not meant for fighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> something, something broke down to me in there. Did, did beating, did beating Chris Weidman give him a false sense of that yeah. maybe he's better than he actually is? Well, he's definitely a talented fighter. Yeah, you can't take great. that away from him. But that's another good point. And, you know, there's people in the gym, and uh, we could we could bring them. You know, we'll bring on Tony Ricci one day. Yeah, sure. We'll tell you that, you know, in that fight, Chris couldn't get above 198 on the rehigh. And he, he will make a strong case for Rockhold didn't even fight Chris Weidman. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can see You know see what I'm saying? You so, like, that, that's the other thing. And you might be right. He... He had such a dominant performance, he might uh it went to his head and you start buying your own press again. I mean he didn't even defend the title once, then he lost to Michael Bisping, who was not a power puncher. He got yeah. he got cleaned yeah. by two people. And so that's that, that's what I can't help but wonder is is who who talks to him now? Like who who lets him who does he have in his life you know you always want those people in your life who will tell you the baby's ugly right right <laughs> exactly who and does this, he have in now, his life now he we, needs that now, now he's got two kind of teams and that could be sending off two totally different vibes and Is it's really javier and bob cook that really know the guy you know what i mean they know him they've been there with him since the beginning and again henry's a great guy but you know, Henry's kind of, I would imagine it's going to take Henry a, a while to get used to this guy. You know I mean? He's got a lot of guys, too. You know, I try to keep it small. I don't I don't have the energy for, for 10 guys, you know, and that's why I like to just work with, you know, a couple of guys, and hopefully the fights are spread out and you get to really put the time in. But he's going to have to make that decision. But I would think Javier's the guy to sit him down. Javier was a fighter. I think he understands it. Um and he needs somebody he respects that could sit him down and and you know he they could try to take this and and figure out a way how he could grow from it really which is you know you always hear that you know you need defeats to grow and you know all of that stuff but it was a pretty bad knockout again you know what i mean he took a big shot against that cage that you know that that follow up punch now that follow up punch was you know was brutal Chris Weidman last night, uh, shortly after the fight, he he tweets, "Hang on, am I the only one who's in the top five who hasn't fought Whitaker? Coming off a win, most title defenses, makes weight and doesn't fail a drug test. Yeah. He makes a good point. Yeah, well, it's almost it's like that old joke. 
a cheater and a narcissist walk into an octagon. <laughs> you, <laughs> That's funny. You could, finish, you could finish off the rest. But you know what I'm saying? So I, I, didn't, I didn't see that tweet until yeah. you just read it now. But there's a lot of frustration, man. You know what I mean? There's a lot of frustration. Uh, man, if that guy's natural at 40 looking like that, man, I don't know. I want to know what that guy's doing. I, th- I, I don't know. I don't. Know, and, and the problem, yeah, we're not, like, again, even it's different. It's not baseball. It's not football. It's not baseball where you could hit the, you know, the ball a couple of hundred, you know, another 50 yards farther. This is... You're letting a guy jacked up if if it's true. And again, you're always. I have my own theories. I've said on the last show that I think that this is very much like the antivirus software of the early days, where the same companies uh, putting out the incredibly successful antivirus software were also in the back door creating the incredibly successful viruses they are pretending protecting against. And anytime there's something big, as soon as there's a uh, USADA, as soon as there's extra drug drug testing. It's of my opinion that that creates a market for really smart people to find ways to bypass those same tests. And and And, those people 100% are out there. But the scary thing, look. It's business. Why wouldn't it be? Every car has an alarm on it, right? Those cars still get broken into. I mean, as soon as the newest alarm is out, there's already a guy working on how to it. It creates a business. And And so there's no question about it. And what I don't like, though, is these guys aren't doing it by themselves. They're not smart enough. So... That means that the teams know about what's going on, and that gets really that that would be said if, if that's true. Which, but which is great, actually. I saw one of these uh, questions that had something to do with that. And folks, you're listening to MMA and Beyond. I'm Steve Maraboli. This is Ray Longo, the great Ray Longo. And you can check out MMAandBeyond.com if you want to participate in the show. If you want to send us uh, send us who you are, where you're from, and ask a question or or, or tell us the direction you'd like us to take. Uh, in the show is I know that so many of you uh, don't have the opportunity I do to to uh, to sit and train and speak with uh, with somebody who's who's an encyclopedia of fighting. Uh, so if you want to participate, we're we're really contactable. You could also check out Ray Longo's social media, Twitter and Instagram. He's Ray Longo MMA. That's Ray Longo MMA, and I'm a pretty findable fellow as well with Steve Maraboli on uh, Instagram and Twitter. One of the questions somebody asked. Um, was actually a, a conversation I had, a conversation I had where people were, were talking to me about this, uh, our show. Yeah. And I mentioned you, and of course, everyone brings your, your famous quote yeah. for, from the first Weidman fight. Um, but someone said, hey, you know, it's, it's, a, um, it, it's, it's cool because he has a, uh, he, it's, he, he seems to run a clean gym. Right. The reason that was cool to me is because listening to him say he seems to run a clean gym, it gave me the inference that I wasn't aware of before, that there are the idea of dirty gyms out there. And when you bring up like that... dirty gyms meaning like physically the, dirty? The or? way... No, oh. I think all gyms are physically <laughs> dirty, but <laughs> they're all physically dirty. Uh, they all uh, keep, keep the antibacteria companies. But yeah, it gave me the impression that, that there are dirty gyms. And, and listening to you say, yeah, it does seem like there are some places where athletes get help cheating. Right. That would probably be what he would refer to as a, as a dirty right. gym. And I didn't realize that was a, as a thing. Within the fight community, Is do people know which gyms are, are, are less clean than others? Or is it is it particular doctors? Is it a particular field? No, I, I particular pe- countries? I, I think people know what the gyms are. All right. <laughs> 
without saying you'll anything. Leave, you'll leave it at that? I'll leave it at that. But there right. are people that know, and there are certainly uh, stories that are circulating around on uh, who hid from USADA under the octagon and, uh, you know, things oh, like wow. that. All right. Oh, so, yeah, definitely without a doubt. So, Jim's that, that becomes synonymous with, uh, with cheating, right. in, in essence, or yeah, enhancement. Well, I mean... I mean Look, it's it's everything is an individual basis, you know what I right. mean? So, so it's uh, not that the gym condones it. Is that we don't even know? Yeah, but, but right. I, I I'll tell you one because I think the story's been out there for a while. But John Jones supposedly Usada came in and he supposedly was under that octagon for eight hours, and um, and that story's been confirmed by a lot of people. So I'm not I'm not oh, breaking. So this hiding, isn't breaking huh? news. Okay, here. you know, so he didn't want to obviously take the drug test, and if you ever. You know, see these guys sometimes if you're at the gym, they'll sit there and they'll wait for Al like for an hour. They, he goes into the shower, he does this. They're not going nowhere. They're very, right. they're very patient. Weidman, they always show up at his door at 6 o'clock in the morning, which I think is like the most dangerous thing you could do because I don't even think you should knock on anybody's door <laughs> no. at 2 o'clock in the afternoon where it's such a, right. you know, with home invasions and everything. So. Uh, but yeah, I've seen those guys wait. They're nice guys. They're very patient. They're not going anywhere. And you got to remember, you have to let them know where you are all times if you leave or if you're going on right. vacation. But you know, that was one of the stories where you hit under the uh, the octagon, and I think you saw they got wind of it, and they were just really upset because they felt like they got duped. I think, and this this could be total speculation, but I think they even went back and they they figured for eight hours he might have went to the bathroom. They were going to try to get a sample like that. I don't know if I'm oh, wow. blowing this story completely out of wow. proportion, but that's what I kind of heard. So, and again, it's what I heard. I'm not, you know, if it's true, I don't know, but and it's it, out and there. And, and it know. stinks because even if it was true, uh, someone like John Jones, who uh, impeccably great fighter also clearly has, you know, I talk about dissonance yeah. clearly has some issues making sound not just moral but responsible decisions he yeah. he could have he could have had cocaine the night before and been worried about it yeah, and, well, and it, it could be something that's that that simple or, or well, smoked a joint or something who knows but i'm saying if it was true it could be a million things and it, and it could have seemed uh uh it it, it could have been uh mostly yeah this head. is a guy who thinks it's a bad Giovanna that he beat daniel cormier high on coke I mean, right I don't know right he did he, he, he boasted he, on it he You're needs right. somebody to really talk to you know what i mean because that's a problem. So when something goes wrong and then he denies it, you don't even have the credibility based on all your other actions. I mean, it's just that he's a whole nother topic for a he's 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 a whole podcast. He's a behavioral himself. science podcast. You know, he's, is, yeah, he's you know, this is one of those stories that that uh, could be such a travesty that somebody was that was so much natural ability plus learned ability uh, might have. Actually, just throwing away his career yeah. when, again, when he didn't need to. When he didn't need to, the yeah. guy's huge for the weight class, super talented. But you don't want to get these guys an extra edge where he's kicking DC in the head and he's going to kill him. Look at, like again, look at Romero. Man, he thought he had a free shot. You ever see those machines where you oh. punch like the speed bag? Yeah, to see how much force. To see how much he did that to Rockhold's head yesterday. Yeah, that's yeah, basically what he did. So you want that guy, you know, jacked up on. You know, performance enhancing drugs and taking a free shot like that. I don't know. Now it's getting crazy. Like you know, it, it is. It, it's actually uh, dangerous. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually. I think that's dangerous. the point. You know, it's not like again. I'm not hitting the baseball. You know, twenty yards further. Right. I'm hitting I'm gonna, a human's head. Yeah, I'm going to decapitate somebody right. now. 
So it, it, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting thing to look at and to see how it'll evolve in the sport. The more the more people get caught and the more people uh, more they find these backdoor systems and backdoor uh, gyms. So yeah. so but, hopefully hopefully this uh, clears out some way in the middleweight division and and hopefully it, it benefits Chris. I think so, man. I think what I saw and again I I I texted him while he was in Australia. I said, "Come on, man." I mean, what, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Let's 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 go. And he's like, I'm I'm definitely ready. Is focus, Chris back. Weidman. Yeah. Focus, Chris Weidman. He's running through that. Yeah, know? absolutely. So that's going to be the key is just to get him back on track. And really, just the injury thing stinks, but uh, it's coming to the point now where you might have to just work through some of these injuries while you're in there, you know, because you're not going to get a second chance at this point. And I think it's wide open. And this wide is the, open. the clearest it's been in a long time. I think this is pretty clear. Very I think this is as clear as it's been. Uh, yeah, this is – it's clear. And, again, we don't know Whitaker how long it's going to take him to get back in there. This injury seems like it's going to be a nagging injury that let's let's see what happens so. the, the, the uh it could make way for uh you're saying like a, a jacare fight to be an interim who the hell knows yeah. i mean you know they're not going to sit around it i don't think they have i don't think they're afforded the ability to sit around man they got to make things happen they got to they, they got to they got to get numbers now you know so they have to do something because i'm i'm not i can't see that last night's card being a big draw pay-per-view wise you know i thought the uh you know the fights ended up being good, but I thought on paper it looked pretty weak. And you know, the, you know, a lot of people weren't buying that fight. No, no, and 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 rightfully so. They're not. Uh, not it's not all. The onus isn't completely on UFC. I know a lot of fighters uh, think, hey, UFC should promote these guys. You guys should be promoting yourselves. And I think yeah. that I think that you building your own platform, the UFC has shown what they do is they jump on your platform. And if you make no effort on your platform. They they see that there's it's gonna be like pushing a boat through sand with you. Right. They're running a business. Don't forget, you're a yeah. fighter. It's great. That's fantastic. Very admirable. The UFC, that and two dollars gets you a slice of pizza. They are running a business, and if you are viable for their business, they're going to support you. If you're not, they're gonna drag their feet. And and unfortunately, that's just the the, the way it is. Because again, you're passionately into this. But they're running a business. They're not losing any sleep over your opinion. I promise you, a hundred percent. But so, it is interesting when they want to get behind you, though. They you, when it's, you see what happens when it's when it's for yeah. you know when it's going to benefit them. They'll get behind you. They, yeah. they they're not getting behind the fighter. They're getting behind themselves through the fighter. Right. And if the fighters can understand that, they they are not getting behind you. But they they, they are seeing that you can benefit them. Then they'll get behind you, right. which benefits you. And you creating that is is uh, is what's uh, important. So, we got some fights coming up. We got some local fighters. Uh, Al, I saw I saw uh, Quintas in. Aljo's in. Marab's in. Right, and we have a new guy, Suzaki, that's been training with us from Japan. Who's, yeah, I see him. I think he's a great prospect it's at 125. Such a so nice guy. What a good guy. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, he can't bow to you enough. <laughs> he's, you know I mean? he's so nice. I'm afraid I'm going to go down and we're going to butt heads at one point. <laughs> we're going so quick. And, but, uh, and, and quick. Yeah, yeah, oh, he's fast. fast. Yeah, he's fast. He's at 125. He's fast, that guy. But, uh, yeah, so we got I Quinter on the seventh tough fight against Paul Felder. He's looking good. You know Al's going to bring it. He always he's, does. Yeah, he's a guaranteed uh, good fight. Yeah, he just you know loves to fight. But again, let's just keep him healthy. So my my fingers will be crossed up until April eighth with that. And uh, then we got Aljo 
We have Marab and we have uh, Sazaki all on that uh, Atlantic City card at the Boardwalk Convention Center, which is going to be phenomenal. And I think, uh, you know, they, it's a good group of guys training together. I'm excited for this. I'm really going to really try to put some extra effort in because we got to get back on the wind track, you know. Our amateurs put us there. We're going to stay there. You're going to stay there. Yeah. yeah, you know, what happens is it's – there are no – there are no easy fights. You said something. I know I've heard you say it before. You said something on a previous show as well that the, that octagon is the truth. There is no and, question and there's about no, it. No, it's 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 that night. Who shows up? Who's who's best that night? And there are no easy fights. I think that uh, I was reading. I, I forget. And excuse me for Aljo's opponent. Opponent. I don't remember your name, but not an easy fight either. Yeah. No, no, no. Brett Jones is the, is who he's fighting, but uh. Yeah, no, it is. You're thrown into the, uh, you know, you're in the frying pan from kind of day one. I mean, look at Marab. His first fight was against uh, Frankie Science. He's fought <laughs> a lot of tough people. He's how many how many UFC fights did he have? So you're coming from the local arena or the local shows into that show, and you got to fight. And Frankie Science is a tough guy. Not an easy fight for anybody. So. You see what you made real quick. It's it's you know? it's very multidimensional. I think the, one of the reasons I admire so many of the fighters, um, all fighters, is uh, is how multidimensional this sport actually is. It it's it's fighting. Yes, it's mindset tremendously, uh, yeah. and watching them balance and watching them. You know, I do. I would understand the the Rockhold thing if one of the reasons he left the camp was to get away from some negative right. influences. Man. The, when you get to that level, it's kind of like uh, a car with speed. You know, the reason they put them through those tunnels and everything else is because once it's going fast enough, you start seeing the structural flaws right. of its system. And the same happens in, in athletics, just like it does in businesses. But I, I would imagine in athletics as well is once you get to that certain level, if you've got some things causing drag and, and wiggling, it, it's going to the space shuttle, the space shuttle that blew up. It blew up because a piece of it failed and caused heat and heat that shouldn't have done. And it's, it, when it was sitting there all the way up till it hit the high speed, it was fine. It was the speed that was the truth. It, it, it would see if, like they say, you know, see if it holds water, uh, the, the structural input. And you see that in the professional athletes, and it, yeah. it's so visible at the gym. But uh, as, a, as a behavioral scientist, too, do you think that's... Is that a solution moving away from the problem? Because you know that was the that I see that's where I have a problem. He should correct it right where he is. It, it depends because it's it, the problem's never the problem. It's how you see the problem. Yeah, Your because, relationship because to even the like problem. Because like John Jones, they said he he went to Albuquerque, so he could. You know. It's it's your relationship to the problem. Right. Wanting to move away from the problem is is a sign of. Either you're running from it or it's a sign of maturity. You know, that idea of you win 100% of every fight you don't engage in. So, for instance, when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm watching what I eat, let's say I'm, I'm going on a, a speaking tour and I, they like to point cameras at me and I like yeah. to not feel horrible when I see the pictures. Mm -hmm. so, so I, could, I, start, I, I know where I go when I'm eating healthy. Could I go to the mall food court and eat healthy? Sure. I could find a place to eat healthy there. Am I less likely to eat healthy there because of the environment? Is it an environment conducive to my healthy eating? No, it's not. Can I eat healthy there? Sure. 
but why engage in that? Right, I'll right. go to my places where there's an environment conducive to, to my goals. And so I can understand that. I can understand moving because it is your, in, in the end, it is your relationship to stuff. Right. However, there's a lot of times you can facilitate that. But if you bring that demon, if it turns out it's not the stuff and maybe you were the bad influence and everyone's gl- glad you left, exactly. then that's, that's, that's just some blind you know, shit. Because that... you don't want it to be a, an excuse to get away too. Well, I'm going to leave because of this. When it could be something else. I'm going to leave because this place smells, but you're yeah. the one with shit on your shoes, uh, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a, then that's a totally different yeah. story. But mindset is, is so much. It's so huge in, in this uh, keeping your head in the game, keeping focus, keeping on your game plan. And maybe that does give the appearance, what I saw, of apathy. Maybe that was a, a, a mindset shift. Maybe that was, a, oh, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. My game plan works. If he does what he was supposed to do, he's not. M- maybe that's it. Um, I've never been in there in that situation, but I do know what I saw, and it was not a switched-on human being. It was yeah, not yeah. a human being who thought they were going to win. It's not a human being, to me, that was even interested in being there. Those jabs towards the end where I felt like he was poking a stick, yeah. you know, it, it, you said it perfectly, his hand's going one way, but his oh, head yeah, going the yeah, other yeah, way, yeah. that's poking a stick. Yeah. That's what I would do if I saw a raccoon. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I don't want to yeah. be in that fight like, with a yeah, raccoon. I want to make like I'm yeah. doing something, but I'm really not doing it. Exactly, but. and that's, that's, how, that's how I would see it. Interesting stuff in, in, in the UFC, and I, and I look forward to, uh, to, to, uh, to the fights coming up and to see how this middleweight division uh, expands and, and moves on. You want to get some feedback? Let's do it. Let's do some feedback, folks. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. Check out MMAandBeyond.com to send a, a question to me or Ray or both of us. I'm sitting here with the great Ray Longo. Ray Longo is a trainer of six UFC fighters, two UFC champions, and, of course, mentor to countless fighters at all levels. You can check out his gym's website, LawMMA.com, and you can find Ray Longo at MMA on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Steve Maraboli. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and my website is just Steve Maraboli. I'm a pretty findable uh, fellow. Let's go with uh, website questions. Corey in Phoenix. Thanks, Corey in Phoenix. And we're still figuring out uh, when you guys send us your info, uh, someone will get back to you if we use it in the show, and we're figuring out what we're going to send you. We're going to send you something cool for participating in the show. This is all of our show, and uh, I want you guys to keep participating. So we'll figure out something cool to send you. Corey in Phoenix says, A lot of athletes are superstitious. Do you find this to be true with fighters as well? Do they have pre-fight ceremonies, habits, or wearing lucky socks, etc.? Uh... I don't know about the fires, but I'll tell you who does me. I mean, <laughs> I have some superstitions. I always, I always take my uh, father's uh, Navy ID bracelet in with me. You know, I have to have that on. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, crazy. I have to have that on me at all times. But uh, the fighters, for the most part, I'm going to say my guys that I've been around are not superstitious like that. I mean, I think they all... No, not superstitious like what, what I think he's talking about, but, um, you know, I think Chris likes to read the Bible a lot, you know, but sometimes, you know, but I don't know if he's done that all the time, but I know there's But not necessarily, of, I read this yeah, passage think, right, right, right before yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, I okay. think everybody, you know, they have a, maybe have a song they listen to gets them in the zone sure. or something, but I don't think, you know, nothing that's going to handicap them. Nothing that they think, oh, I didn't get to hear this nah, song, yeah, now yeah, I can't yeah. possibly win kind of thing. Yeah, but I'm not leaving the room without that bracelet. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know your dad was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Passed away many years ago, but that's the least I could do. Uh, that's great. And and, and athletes are uh, are are very superstitious. You see a lot of playoff people not they don't shave or yeah. they wear their hat a certain way and, and you'll just see it's a it's an interesting thing that happens. It has to do with our confirmation bias in our brain that we think that works. But if you think it works, everybody out there, your agreement with reality defines your life. So if you think it does, guess what? It does. Not for the reason you think it does, but it does, which is great. Thank you so much, Corey from, from Phoenix. Brandon from Ohio asks, I see gyms come and go. What's the secret of running a successful gym? Uh, good. Another good question. Uh, you know, to me, I, I, I feel like we try to create like a family environment, not like a family, like with, you know, kids and, you know, the parents, but family, like, uh, like we're all in it together and, uh, <laughs> awesome. And, uh, I think that that's what I like. I think it's a, it's a, it's a place where people can come and decompress a lot of business people that really need the gym, you know what I mean, to, uh, they have really stressful lives, they look forward to it, and I think we try to accommodate that and make it really a fun place where people can come get a great workout, again, decompress, and to me, that's it, not get too business-oriented where you're always tracking people down for money, but try to make it really just a nice environment where people can get to escape from their crazy lives and their the hustle and bustle of their jobs and that's the way I always approached it. Yeah, it's great. And Brandon, it's a, it's a business. A gym is a business. So the same rules apply. You have to maintain uh, your, your viability is, is, basic, is based on, on your people needing you. It's your uh, adapting, adjusting to not only trends, uh, but to something that they see as beneficial to them. It's the viability of your business is, is solely based on the adaptability and relevance of your business. No, whether it's a gym or a candy store, whatever it is, you have to stay relevant. You can't, you, you don't, you don't see gyms still doing the Tybo, the, the Reebok step program. You know, you have to, if, if something new comes up, you have to make those adjustments. Uh, and, and, and that business mindset, uh, uh, Brandon, if, if you're running a gym, uh, then make those adjustments. You, you listen to the people who go to your gym. I do, I uh, I train at the uh, Law MMA with with the great Jenny Nadell, who keeps me focused in shape and hitting pads. I train also. I do some uh, jujitsu there. I also trains at Henzo Gracie's, and when you go to these different places, you see that they're making adjustments to their to their way. And 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 when you listen, Brandon, I I've been doing jujitsu, and one of the things that I noticed in in jujitsu is I'm not as flexible as I'd like to be. I didn't realize how how limited in my flexibility I was until I was doing jujitsu. It didn't seem to matter when I was kicking the pads or throwing punches at Jenny or the bag. Uh, but in jujitsu, when I got to make these adjustments and creep out from somebody who's trying to strangle me, I noticed that I'm limited there. First thing I asked somebody is, like, hey, does yoga for jujitsu exist? I've gotten some mixed answers. But for me, if I was a gym owner, guess what class I'm having next Saturday? Yoga for jujitsu. And, and that, those little type of things make those adjustments relevance is viability. People want to hang on to the same old stuff. I promise you, I know this. My dad still has a flip phone. I understand that. But a flip phone company would go out of business. You have to do relevance is viability. So running your gym, run it like you would run any other business, brother. And thank you so much for, for your, your message. Let's do, uh, 
let's do one more uh, fight one before we get to uh, uh, non-fight questions. But Rebecca in Seattle asks, why isn't there a rule that throwing in a towel stops the fight? Is there not a rule that throwing in a towel stops the fight? Uh, in boxing, there is. That's really a good question. I think if you throw in the, I think the corner can definitely stop the fight. But I'm not sure about that. We have to <laughs> we have to check the check the. What rules. was the What was the fight that was recently where someone got out punched, like oh, yeah. two hundred something uh, to Russian three? Girl, Valentina, yeah. So they didn't throw in a towel. No. But you know what? I heard something similar. Was it? Um, was it? Uh, was it when Chris was fighting Rockhold? Yeah, they they questioned me on that, and I I wouldn't. Uh, you know, you know, here's here's the deal. Uh, you know, you have to have a relationship with you guys. But when Matt fought Carol Parisian, he had torn, two torn meniscuses, so we had to cut down the cardio for that fight. And you know, we took a shot early. And if you go back and look at that fight, he almost knocked Carol out in the first round. And then I'm going to say another ref could even have stopped it, but they didn't. Matt ends up gassing out. Now, normally I would know what his training was like, you know, if we were doing the hills or whatever we were doing, but I know we, we cut corners for that fight. So I remember going to him because he was, he was gassed bad. Uh, and I think I said to him for the first time, you want me to stop the fight? I think he threatened to kill me. I really do. I mean, so this is what people don't get. Like, you know, and I know if he didn't do it in there, right. we definitely had the conversation after the fight. And he said, never, ever stop the fight. Never. I don't wow. give a crap. Yeah, never, ever. So I think that's the mentality of these guys. And unless I saw something really, really bad, I, you know, I would overrule that. But for the most part, you know, that's what the ref is in there for. He's right on top of the action. And I, I think that's another good point is like sometimes not having a family member in there, you know, because they, you see a dynamic. That, sure. That's a totally different thing. You know what I mean? Because now you're seeing your brother or your, your, your son. And uh, I mean, I'll never forget Aljo had a rough night the other night, but his brother Troy and these guys are always arguing and bickering. But I'll tell you why. And I think I told this to Aljo, I go, that kid was shooken up, man. That that almost killed me and Matt looking at him. Matt was really, like, kind of upset about it. And, uh, you know, it was rough for everybody, but Troy really took that hard. And I said, you know, all the bullshit you guys go through, man. What I saw in that kid when you got hurt was you better treasure that, man, because that was, that was for real, you know. So, uh, but, and I'm, I'm, I might have went off on a tangent, but I, the other the point is, you're in a you're in the hurt business, man. So sometimes having a family member isn't the best thing you could do because there's too much emotion in there. You know what I mean when things get get rough. But uh, you know, hopefully the refs you know do their job and then you just you know abide by that. But uh, I I've been you know they they kind of quizzed me on the you know I got social media stuff with uh, the Rockhold fight, but you know these guys really don't want the fight being stopped. At least my guys, for sure. Well, they they put so much time. They put so much time into training, and it, their their heart is in there. And a lot of the fighters do have like like you know the die on your die. Yeah, and, and the yeah. other thing is like you know I'm training them, so I I've seen them in the gym. I've seen them come back. Yeah, you know from when stuff. they're in trouble, you, right? You kind of know. So that's what nobody else knows, but you do get a sense of that. And you know. If, you know, sometimes I'm watching a fight and it's it's such a mismatch 
that there are times I believe the ref should stop and say, this is just the guy has no chance of winning. Like, why even let him? Right. Okay, he's surviving, but it's he's got no chance of coming back. I think it's pretty clear. And that's a tough decision to make, but I think we're going to see more of that. But I'm trying to think of the fight I just saw where they just should have stopped it because the other guy was never going to win that fight, you know, and I don't know. You, you really save a guy from a lot of unnecessary damage. You know? Last night's fight, uh, a, a new kid, um, he was a... Oh, I'm horrible with names. Please, yeah. please don't feel disrespected, fighters. I, the I'm guy just hard. from France. The kid, the ki- kickboxer. He was undefeated, and he fought a kid that was 11 and one. Um, and he made his he made his his UFC debut last night, and uh, it seemed like they, they were on two different planets. The heavyweights? Or? No, they were. Because the heavyweight fight was pretty bad too, where the guy was just no. A kid was like it was like 185. They're like 185. Yeah, that's a different. Planet. Um. Yeah, so so he, he the the guy he was fighting was eleven and one, and it seemed it seemed like it was uh, it was supposed to be a fair fight. But I I was saying that they should stop this fight. This yeah. this guy's getting uh this guy's getting killed. His name was Israel Adesanya, and he defeated Rob Wilkinson via second round TKO. Ninety percent of that fight, Israel was just yeah. picking this guy apart. Yeah. Uh, this guy was shooting at his legs, sloppy shots, just right. trying anything to not get killed. Not, and you want to be like, stop the fight! Like yeah, this is obviously not gonna. Yeah, yeah this isn't gonna you go. Got to stop a guy from himself at that point. Now, I'm that's thinking, a name to look forward to, folks. If 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 their predictions mean anything, that kid Israel Adesanya, that that kid's gonna do something yeah. in the UFC. And getting back to it, it, it was the Valentina fight. That girl had no shot of winning that fight. None. So it doesn't have to be. 230 punches unanswered to three or, you know. Right. What, it, there's no way that girl was winning the fight. It was pretty obvious. Like, and, you know, you wanted to be a warrior, you want to show it, but, you know, there's a time when I think you just step in and go, you know, save her for another day, make some corrections, come back, you're going to get another shot. But to watch somebody get beat up and, like, there's just, they're just too tough. There's people that are just too tough for their own good. I yeah, mean, that's sure. it. And they could... Their pain, t- their pain threshold is triple the normal person, and that's when it could work against you. But there are people uh, that use that to their advantage too. They kind of, you kind of get tired of beating the crap out of them, and then they come on strong. The I, old I, Rocky Balboa move. I'm, I'm thinking, what's his? <laughs> I think like Darren Elkins, man. That guy's like you just. He takes a beating, and then I'll tell you, I think you gas out, and then he's got the. He grinds the crap out of you. I mean, he's really interesting to watch. I don't think he's the most technical guy. He's getting better. He's with a great team. But I think his big, biggest asset is the amount of pain he can tolerate. What do you think about uh, What do you think about uh, Ortega? Ortega is going to fight. Um, oh, Frankie Edgar. <laughs> Frankie Everyone's like, dude. Yeah, Ortega's fighting Frankie Edgar. What do you think of that fight? I think uh, everybody's Frankie's a bad fight for anybody. I, I think mean, he's a a, just, just a bad day. I mean, day for the people. only thing that could happen. I mean, Frankie's getting older. You never know when that time is going to be. But I mean, he's been so consistent and has beaten guys that are. Re- I mean, he's well. What made he, me he think could of easily that? be the best fighter. He's, oh yeah, oh, yeah. What the, made me think of that is yeah. what you saying because this guy Ortega seems to yeah. win after. You know, he wins later when the guy's too, gotten yeah. tired of hitting him. Yeah. He, he, he sneaks got a, a submission. got a great gas tank, guys. and he's got great wrestling. He's got good striking. 
uh, you know, he's got Ricardo's a great jujitsu instructor. So I don't know. Mindset. I think, oh, no, mindset. mindset. I think he's that at the top of the a, yeah. food chain. I really, even I go back to the Gray Maynard fight when he was knocked down about <laughs> 10 times. He's rolling over, gets up, he wins that fight. I mean, oh, that was that fight might have been a draw. But then it happens in the second fight, he ends Jeez. up knocking the guy out. Mindset's he incredible. Can't stop this guy. You, and you you want to you want to talk to them halfway through? I do. Yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. like, "What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you seeing?" I want to know what what creates this because this that mindset is what people well, you, are looking you could for. Bottle his if you can bottle up, that or create a, I'm a nerd. I, so I, if I can create a mathematical equation, yeah, a formula I, out of that, that would be incredible. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. If you could have, if you could, if you could, uh, if you were a UFC matchmaker, is there any dream fight that you would want to make or something you'd be interested in seeing? Uh, A dream match, man. Ooh. Yeah, not necessarily concerning one of your fighters, but yeah, yeah, just no, no, in, in general, something you'd be entertained watching. You're probably not that entertained watching your fighters. You're probably nervous, wreck. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I would yeah. imagine it's not that entertaining for you. Yeah, yeah. It's entertaining after the fight. Right? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the lead up in the fight now. Uh, I mean, I think that Holloway-Frankie fight was going to be. I mean, is that a dream fight? I don't know. The dream fight. I mean, I'd like to see, uh, I don't know. I, th I think the Edgar Holloway fight was good. I'd have to really think about it. There were those know. fights. Uh, when I used to watch boxing, there was those fights. When Trinidad fought yeah. De La Hoya. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. De La Hoya fought Chavez well, the first time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, those yeah. were fights that you were no, like, oh, no. this is amazing. I want to see this fight. And I'm sure, no. again, we have the generational gap a little bit. So you'll have some previous fights, yeah. maybe the Duran, Leonard, yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Oh, no, they those, had those they, huge fights. Does the UFC have something like I that? I don't think they do. And I think one reason could be because they might have already fought. Like, again, it goes back to what we said hmm. is you, you walk right into the frying pan. Like, with boxing, there's a buildup. And you get to fight like lesser guys and yeah. in the super fight. I don't think they have that luxury in in MMA. You could look at all the tough fights that already happened, the guys that weren't even in the title picture, you know. So I think they're trying with like Stipe and DC, but uh, I don't know. Boxing those fights seemed to the buildup was phenomenal. I you know huge. Yeah, I don't. I'm not feeling that yet. You know, with the UFC. I mean, Anderson Silva. You know when he, I guess against uh, when he fought Chael the second time. I mean that was that weigh-in. I think had fifteen thousand people at. You know so, man. I think they're just harder to come by. They're they're even harder to come by in boxing now. But back in the day, man, they 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 matched up some great boxing fights. Is is there ever a? a do you ever think that that the UFC and let's say Bellator. Uh, would ever be a little bit a little more comparable as far as organizations as far as being a leader do you think that they would ever be close enough to consider doing some sort of cross promotional thing i think that could that could happen in the future like a kind of like a I think they like kinda, how the super bowl came about yeah they kind of need that you know i think that's exactly what they need is they you got to get a couple of good guys in other organizations probably bellator being at the head of that pact, and then really making those fights. But it's all, look, it all goes back to how you market these guys, how many people you can get them out in front of, and then, you know, the fans will kind of dictate what's going on. But I'm not feeling, uh, you know, it's almost like when um, Stipe fought Engano, like they were really pushing Engano, you know what I mean? And, they were. Uh, you know, now that's gone. 
So now if Engano would have won, that maybe would have created like a super fight. But, right. you know, he didn't. He did. You know he what didn't. I mean? And then you got Stipe, who's just, you know, blue collar as they come, cool. steady yeah. Eddie. He'll do that every time. For some reason, they're not embracing. He will do that every time. Yeah, every time. So now you got him against DC. But, you know, I think you really see if they That's a good fight, Deep A and DC. That's a great fight. But, you know, you got two guys that I don't think they ever really pushed. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if one of those guys is John Jones in that mix, that becomes a totally different dynamic because of all the, you know, pros and cons about John Jones and all, you know. It's news. It's news, yeah. You, you want. For the bad, good news, bad news, but it's news. You want fighters and, and personalities who have who have gone beyond UFC.com or, you know, MMA, you know, websites yeah. and stuff I mean, like that. You want people who are on TMZ and those kind of exactly, people know. type of mainstream publications so that you can give people an emotional right. uh, and, Interest and like the Nick Diaz and the Nate Diaz is, I mean, they need those guys, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know. They, I mean, it's just, it feels like they build somebody up and then the guy disappears and then they got to start over again. And you never get that momentum, you know what I mean? That's why I think Sugar Ray Leonard against Hagel, that fight was in the works forever, but people really wanted to see it, you know? Those were mega fights, man, back then. Mega fights. Yeah, and it's an interesting way that they that the UFC does the model. If I had if I had uh, say in any UFC boardroom, uh, I would actually change your model a little bit. I think that the 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 way that you're throwing your money is is, is smart in some ways, but you're banking in a different. You're you're throwing it at the fighters instead of sectors of fighting that people find interesting. So you if you focus the money on sectors of fighting, you'd be able to plug the fighter as they came along. It would be a smarter business model for the masses, and it would be better for the fighters to fit that model. Uh, and that's the way I would do it. They're not doing it that way, but sometime, at some point someone's going to come in and suggest that to them, and that'll make a big difference in the way that they market the fighters and that the way the fighters themselves know which way uh, they should be marketed. Folks, you're listening to MMA and Beyond. I'm Steve Maraboli. This is Ray Longo. Make sure you check out MMAandBeyond.com for, to share the show, to have feedback, to ask a question of myself or Ray. Also, tell us who you are, where you're from, so we can send you something cool if we use your, your question or statement. Make sure you tell people we're building this show. We're going to have guests. We're going we're gonna to keep building and talking about the things you want to talk about. Make sure you're participating. Please, please, please tell everybody you know that we're out here. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Our numbers are good just in our first couple, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, please tell everybody you know we're 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 out here doing our best and and really trying to get this show moving up and around so that we can talk to everybody about the things they want to hear, not just about MMA, but about training, mindset, current events, whatever else comes up, including the next questions. The last couple of questions we'll get to uh, when when you you when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? Would you want to be something different now as an adult? If you could be anything, what would you be? I know this is going to be cliche, but I think I'm doing exactly what I want to do. You know, I really, I wouldn't change anything, seriously. Not even, you know, my education at St. John's and becoming an accountant. I think that was all part of the process. I think it really helped form who I was. I'm really grateful I had, you know, like eight years in the corporate 
you know, field, so I understood that part of it. And, then, you know, accounting's a great degree to have. You yeah, get to see absolutely. a lot of stuff, work with a lot of great people. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful for for being healthy, and I'm, I think I'm doing exactly what I want to do, man. I love helping people. I love watching people accomplish their goals and being a part of it. And I've always loved fighting from day one, loved the martial arts. I'd be a martial artist till the day I die. And uh, it's good stuff. I'm glad I found a way to make a living out of it and, you know, support a family and all that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that you say about the accounting, and I know I've heard you say it before, and I don't know that we ever talked about it, but I, I can't help but create that correlation when I listen to you, the, the, the private conversations we've had about fight, fight training camps and that, and how you, you, it really is a, a recipe for you. It is a mathematical equation yeah. for you where you say, hey, this is right, this is right. And when you're not feeling so sure, it's because something's missing from the equation. No question. It's, and that's, that's that account mindset. That's yeah. very interesting. And there's certain people like you know, that I train that, man, we had to do the same. We had to really go through the same routines so they felt good. Like if, right. You know, you do it so often and you're successful, successful the second that you stop – Hey, why don't we do that again? You know what I mean? Like just to change it up. But so just as a confidence builder, that's why I say I really like, you know, that hard physical training because I think it's, I mean, you almost get to the, you know, you got to go through the physical door to get to the spiritual door. So it's yeah, almost sure. like that Navy SEAL train. You got to be brought to a different spot. So you're that much harder to break, you know, in actuality. And, uh, you know, these guys are funny, man. When you don't really do the right thing, they, they understand that and they, it's a it's a comfort zone for them to really train their asses off, pa you know. Powerful and 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 for me, it's it's a, yeah. I love what I do. I love that I've committed myself to to this. But what I love the most is the situation I'm in. I think I I, I learned young, uh, being in the military that I learned you know put yourself in good situations. And so for me, it's, the career is not as important as the situation I'm in. And for me, it's. It's building a life in which, you know, I listen to all these people say, I can't wait to go on vacation, you know, yeah. in June, you know, like, holy, like you're on, you're living an on hold life until June. Like you're just going through the motions, saying that same crap, different day kind of mindset. And for me, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm doing this now. I can go do in yeah. uh, companies, but if I wanted to go sell oranges off the Long Island Expressway tomorrow, I can do that too. And my life wouldn't change at all. And, and so I think creating those type of situations puts you in the power of, 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 that, of opportunities. You can't ask for more than that. No, you're you know, kidding me. Go, me. You don't ever go on vacation. I'm like, no, I'm on vacation, like right now. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is a vacation. I go on vacation yeah. all over the world, and I, I come back with money in my pocket, and they <laughs> yeah. say thank you, no less. And so, it's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And, and I know how important it is. I'm a first-generation American. You know, my, my, my mom and dad came here and— they came here when they were building the World Trade Center. I, I got to post this picture. I found I came across it again. My my dad uh, posing uh, by the World Trade Center when when one was built and the other That's half crazy. was only built. And then uh, later on with my mom, when she came here, uh, both were built, but uh, neither of them were completed on the siding yet. So it was just steel built. Uh, yeah, funny. it's just awesome. Um, and so I watched my my parents work their asses off to, you know, work their asses off to stay poor, you know, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so creating uh, opportunities and, and, and situations. Still, I'm sure they were grateful. I think <sighs> we, I think we need my, a little more of that today. I my think parents, we are, man. We are, 
really going trending in the wrong direction. Work man. ethic, man. Oh man. I, I tell my parents, my my dad was shining shoes in the city where 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 he grew up, uh, third world country, shining shoes in the city at eight years old. Uh, you know, go tell that guy you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. go tell that guy you you don't feel like going to work. And so you know that kind of work ethic, I'm grateful for. But creating that situation uh, is huge. Last question, Sandra in the Bronx. I, I I'm asking this because I, I'm sure the only reason I'm asking this. Because I'm sure nobody in the history of questions has asked Ray Longo this question. And Sandra wants to know, name a chick flick that you hate that you love. Oh, that you hate that you love. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A chick flick that I hate that I love. I'm going to go with, it's going to take you by surprise. Do you know what popped into my head? Like that Rorschach test. You know what popped into my head? <laughs> Serendipity. <laughs> wow. I kind of really, really like that movie for some reason. Serendipity? I'm is sure a... I just lost about two million Where fans, You can hear but, uh, the, yeah. what's that sliding whistle? Yeah. <laughs> they just, the listeners all left. Um, they, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. That's uh that's the chance meetings run, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. winter in New York City. I love that whole concept. Yeah, that's yeah, great. That a great, great, great movie. That's funny. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mush. You're a mush. Uh, yeah. You're a mush. That's, a, that's awesome. What are you saying? <laughs> you're, you're a mush and, and, and softening the hearts of everyone in here, sir. Uh, yeah. I and I, I'm going to regret that, aren't I? I, I'm oh, gonna, 100%. I think I'm going to regret that. Uh, and there's nothing that I'm posting on social media other but, than that yeah. all week. Can we go back to Billy Jack? Nope. We're going to, we're going to put, Somebody find the serendipity poster and put Ray Longo's face on it somewhere, please. I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. But remember we talked about Billy Jackson? So yeah, sure. One of the fighters who was a young kid came in. He said, man, I went and got that movie. It was awesome. And he, and so <laughs> I love people it. are listening. All right, so and same I, guy. Go get serendipity now. No, no, stay with Billy Jack. <laughs> what, what's that? Oh, uh, um, oh yeah. I don't know. But I'm not off the hook. Most of in my other show and in everything I write, 99% of my audience is women. So this isn't off the hook. I get asked this kind of stuff. I would go with the with just the the cliche uh, uh, notebook because it's, it reminded me of my parents uh, for for the way my dad was with my mom when she was uh, going through her her cancer stuff, and also as a brain science nerd loving that you know your agreement with reality it's called the persistence of self you're ray you wake up ray every day for whatever reason i wake up steve it's a story we're telling ourselves and if you have the slightest brain degradation you forget that story everything kids who you loved yesterday you you don't hate them you don't know them you nothing them today and in your brain, all that happens is the slightest degradation. So I love that and how the husband responded to that reminded me so much of my mom's stuff. So simple for me. Yeah. No one's going to be did, shocked. Did you see Serendipity? Of course I did. I did. I mean, That's like, why I remember best, it. Come on, best line in the movie. One of the best lines in the movie. You have, I, I, would, would apply I, to you, which I think I can't. Right. I can't think of it I enough. I remember good. ice skating, New York it, City yeah, winter, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't but remember any parts Jeremy of it. Piven, when he goes to Cusack, you know, they, about the Greeks, what do they say when a guy dies? Did he live with passion? That's all. Love it. Come on, man. You gotta love it. I love it. That's that's a that's a. Did he live with passion? 
that that's a can I tell a quick heartbreaking my mom story, everybody? I think you already did. So no, I'm right not done yet, man. I'm, I'm not from the notebook stuff. I, I'm not done yet. So my mom uh my mom lived to till fifty seven. Beautiful, amazing. Went to wasn't feeling well, went to the doctor, found out hey, you got stage four. Bad news is there's no stage five, right? So my mom looks at me and she's was just told she's dying. Yeah. And this lady, so I'm looking at her and I'm saying, well, what's, she looked confused, disappointed, but not having the reaction I thought she would have or the reaction I was having on the inside. And she says, you know, Stephen, well, actually, she, she, you know, as Stephen, it's not so much that they just told me I'm dying. I think about all the things I want to do. She probably was probably having those bucket list thoughts. She says, I'm wondering if I was even living like what I was just kind of going through day to day. Like, am I, was I just given a blessing to be told that, Oh, I can go do all these things. And she did. She, she did amazing. But one of those things, when you say, did they live with passion? A lot of people aren't living at all. They're just existing. Life's happening to them and and they're not happening to life. And I just, I, I love that. And again, I, with all my heart, somebody find a serendipity poster <laughs> and put Ray Longo on it Wait, somehow. Because here's the thing. He says, it just popped into my head, and then he starts quoting it. Yeah. He watches this shit every day. <laughs> every <laughs> chance I get. Every chance you he gets. He he what that. about my best friend's girl? Does that go as a chick flick? I don't even know. It's pretty harsh, that movie. Very funny, though. Very funny. Did you <laughs> my, ever get to see My one? best friend's girl. Everyone in the room is looking these up yeah. immediately. Uh-oh. Hilarious. That's funny. Hilarious. Folks, this has been MMA and Beyond. Ray Longo, I'm Steve Maraboli. Check out MMAandBeyond.com. Check out Ray Longo at... Ray Longo MMA on Twitter, also on Instagram. And if you want to send him or tag him in a serendipity poster with his face on it, that would be the place to do it. Ray Longo MMA. You can reach me at Steve Maraboli. Uh, one word on Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on Facebook pretty much everywhere. Folks, can't tell you how much we appreciate this so much. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. Thank you so much. Till Ser- next time. Serendipitous. 